1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome to On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and the expert on all matters real estate is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Asif, we've had a busy week on the real estate front. Let's start with the numbers out of the Toronto Real Estate Board. It says the number of sales in the greater Toronto area in November were slightly higher than the previous month. They were, and uh, you know, we we had anticipated uh, a busy fall, so it's not that much of a surprise. What what is a surprise, Tina, is that for the first time the average price fell by two percent. So again, it's not huge, but uh, but it was a drop uh, in average price. Uh, but we're seeing uh, good numbers in in terms of number of sales and. You know, the average price, there's so many factors that go into determining that. It could just be that the higher end of the market wasn't selling. So we had a lot of, you know, mid-range or, you know, $800,000 to $900,000 homes selling rather than the $1.2, $1.3. So that contributes to uh, the average price being down a couple of points too. So what does it look like here in the region? The region is is holding strong. I mean, uh, you know, Typically, you'd look at, uh, you know, selling your home for about 95% of list price or 96% of list price as being a a great thing. Right now, uh, we're sitting at about 97% of list price. So that's down from early in the spring when we were selling houses for 104% of asking because everything was multiple offer. But we're still, even when you factor all of that in, you're sitting at about 97%. So, you know, the market remains very active in the region and very steady. So the board, and I think you touched on this already, the board says the average sales price in the GTA for all home types last month was $761,757, down by 2% compared to November of 2016. But wasn't November of 2016 a really unusual year? Actually, all of 2016 was Mm. pretty unusual. In November of 2016, we had 8,500 sales. So when you're looking at numbers like that, so last year, Tina, we had 113,040 homes sell on the Toronto Real Estate Board, which was just a crazy amount. You know, second place to that year would have been 2015, where we had 101,213. And in 2007, we had 93,193. So that was third place. This year, so far, year to date, we have 87,513. If we just match December's numbers for last year, this is going to be our fourth best year on record and possibly, you know, uh, fight out 2007 for third overall. So with all the the attention towards the market, it feels like it's been such a bad year on the Toronto Real Estate Board, but we're still going to be in the top three or top four years overall. Not too bad. So what is that? Not too bad at all. What does that mean then for buyers and sellers? For buyers and sellers, for buyers, this is a great market because you've got about two and a half months of inventory. Now, a balanced market is about three to three and a half months of inventory. So we're approaching a balanced market, but it's still tipping towards the seller a bit. But with uh, with over a hundred percent increase in inventory, that the the amount of houses that we have for sale right now 
if you went back two years and asked buyers that purchased two years ago or even, you know, January, February, you know, what would you do if there was twice the number of homes for sale? They would be doing a happy dance because that's what uh, they didn't have. They didn't have the luxury of being able to go out and look at different houses and compare. They had to purchase the first house they fell in love with because someone else was going to buy it in about an hour. So you didn't have that time. But now you have the luxury of time. You have, you know, the the ability to, to go out and compare homes, whereas before you didn't because everything was selling so quick. So this is a great time for buyers. So does that mean then I'm going to take my time, I'm going to look around, see what's out there. Does that mean then I might wait until 2018 to make that purchase as opposed to doing it now? You still have, uh, so so people sat on the fence from April till about July. And at the end of August, we started seeing them come off the fence. I think people are getting tired of waiting. People don't know what's going to happen in 2018 because of all the, the mortgage changes. And that's why you've seen such a flurry of activity. That's why November uh, was up in sales because people are scared of uncertainty and they don't know what's going to happen after the the new mortgage changes come into play that we discussed before. Uh, you know, they're going to come in January 1st and there's going to be a waiting out period. So January and February, expect those to be pretty quiet as people kind of you know, see what's happening. Banks kind of figure out what's happening and it'll start to pick up again in March. But so you're seeing the pent up demand coming into play right now because people are scrambling to purchase a house right now. Okay, so let's talk quickly about another story from the real estate headlines. The federal court upheld a previous decision in favor of the in favor of the Competition Bureau, which had argued that the Toronto Real Estate Board's practice of keeping information about home sale prices and real estate agent commissions secret is anti-competitive and bad for consumers. So there are sites, you know, out there that already list sold prices for houses. Why is the Real Estate Board appealing this decision? So there's there's a few points that we can uh, we can discuss on this, and and one is this has been going on since 2011. So wow, uh, a long time, and and it doesn't seem to be uh, you know ending anytime soon because there's there's different aspects at play here. So one, there are a lot of sites that will allow you to access sold data, and the government's land registry system is one of them, but people have to pay for it. So, you know, if you want to do a search on someone and, and find out what it sold for, you can. Uh, th- what they're asking the Toronto Real Estate Board to do is open up their proprietary website and let everyone access sold data. So, I mean, if you think about that in theory, it's a private member's website that you're asking uh, to provide access to the general public for. So how fair is that? Anti-competitiveness, you know, we have 50,000 realtors or so on the Toronto Real Estate Board and everyone is free to, you know, charge whatever they want. They're free to, you know, act in any way they want. You know, I mean, there's very strict guidelines and rules that, you know, help promote ethics and morals. But we're all independent contractors and business for ourselves and we can charge whatever we want. So you're, it's far from being anti-competitive. You know, there, there's a lot of issues there and the, the reasoning behind, uh, you know, Treb not wanting to release sold data. We're governed by certain rules and regulations that, uh, you know, uphold privacy policies. So when we're signing up our clients, uh, one of the things that they sign off on is they want us to 
withhold private information. And sold data is private information because you may not want your neighbor to know what you sold for. And, you know, I think if it was an opt-in program like the do not call list, wouldn't be an issue. But we're kind of caught between the rock and a hard place because do we go against federal privacy policies or, and federal privacy laws and open up sold data? Or, you know, do we help our clients uh, with their privacy. So uh, it, it really is being caught between a rock and a hard place, and it's going to be interesting to see how it uh, plays out. I mean, I think in this day and age, we should have uh, more disclosure and things like that, but what what information gets disclosed is the issue. Interesting story, certainly one we're going to continue to follow here. Coming up, why it pays to hire a professional. And a little bit later on in the show, new tools to help sellers. Stay with us. You're listening to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. More with Asif Khan and Remax Prime Properties when we come back. One zero five nine, the region, in partnership with Remax Prime Properties, present on the market real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at four one six three three five one zero five nine. Tweet us at one zero five nine, the region, or email us at info at one zero five nine, the region dot com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Asif, is it harder to sell a home right now? You know, Tina, it sure is. Uh, not necessarily harder, but it, it's taking longer, and there's much more inventory. So, you know, now's the time where the value of a realtor uh, really steps itself up. Uh, I mean, you look at listings and, and we're up 110.6% in listings year over year. So there's double the amount of houses that are out there and it's taking about 24 days to sell a house as opposed to 17. So, you know, you've got houses on the market longer and what we tell our sellers is you want to be the first off the bus. So even though there is more competition, you have to position your property in terms of price, condition and accessibility to beat the others that are on the market with you. So, you know, this is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders because no longer can you just throw a sign up and hope that someone comes in and sells your house. Now this is where the marketing and everything comes into play and and it really does pay to hire a professional. Well, what specifically then is the professional going to do for me when, you know what, why can't I just put up the sign and sell it myself? What is that professional going to bring to the table? Exposure. So, you know, you're going to get a lot of exposure by hiring someone that does invest into their listing. You know, uh, we invest a lot into each listing because we're doing a lot of advertising. The more traffic we can get through your property, the better chance you have of selling. And, you know, it also, it's how much do you invest in the tools and technology for that exposure or, or for being able to, you know, bring value to your clients. And so it's not just the simple open house. And are those open houses really effective or is it just people in the neighborhood who want to come by and check it out and have nothing else to do is that what it's about <laughs> yeah it actually is it's the the nosy neighbors it's the people that are thinking about <laughs> i selling. didn't say that <laughs> <laughs> they're uh, they're thinking about selling so they want to see that you know how you've decorated or how you've positioned your property to sell and, uh, and so you know less than one percent of homes sell at an open house 
But what it does is it provides exposure so that everyone in your area knows that your house is for sale. So if they have friends or family that have been looking in the area for a long time, an open house is perfect exposure because people get to know it. Now, after you do two or three or four open houses, it becomes a negative exposure because then you're driving up the street and saying, oh, look, they're having another open house. So you want to avoid that as well. So what other options do I have then beyond the open house? It depends on what methods the realtors use. I I mean, right now, uh, we're getting a lot of hits off of our social media channels. So Facebook advertising is huge. Google advertising, you know, Instagram advertising is the new thing. So, you know, we're using a lot of those measures to drive traffic and, uh, and also showcase our clients' homes. Asif, as you know, this show is interactive when we encourage our listeners to connect with us. Joining us on the phone is one of our listeners, Anna from Vaughn, who has a question for you. Anna, go ahead. You're on the air with Asif Khan. Hi, Anna. Thank you. Hi, Asif. What's your um, question? We, uh, we're looking for a, a loft downtown um, in the entertainment district. And I'm coming up with, when I'm in my search, I keep finding hard loft versus soft loft. And I'm just wondering if you could give me the differences between between the two. Great question, Anna. So, so a hard loft is basically a, an industrial building or an office building that's been converted and turned into lofts uh, or you know okay. condominiums. And and you're going to get a lot of character with those. You're going to get the exposed brick walls. You're going to get the concrete floors, the exposed ceilings. Now, with a soft loft. That's, uh, you know, a newly constructed building. So, you know, it, it's a newer style, a newer feel. It's got broad loam. It's got, you know, finished ceilings. So you don't, typically you have the same size of the loft, but you don't have the same, uh, you know, character that you would find in a hard loft. Okay. Now, when okay, we're looking perfect. at those, we'd, also, we'd mm-hmm. also ask you, you know, what type of characteristics are you looking for in the loft itself? You know, are you okay with a two-story loft with, you know, maybe the bedroom on the upper floor? There's lots of different things that we could look at when we're looking at lofts as well. Okay. Is there? You said um, the entertainment district. Did you say there were a There's lot of lot. lofts for, coming up in that area or... There are the hard lofts or the yeah. That's where you're going to find the hard lofts because you know in the entertainment district or you know some of the other industri- or formerly industrial areas you have these buildings that are being converted so you'll find a lot of hard mm-hmm. lofts there whereas you know in the 905 you're going to get some soft lofts because these are brand new construction. Right. Right. Okay. And is there a right, price perfect. difference between mm-hmm. um, a, a loft, a hard what's it called, hard loft and a soft loft? You know, with the hard loft, there's more demand. So you're, you are going to see a little bit more. Down in the entertainment district, you know, in, in, the, um, in those areas, you're going to find a lot more demand for the hard lofts, and people will pay a premium for that. And is the gr- uh, square footage greater in a hard loft? Not necessarily. You, you may okay. get a more open uh, feeling, uh, you know, because of the higher ceilings, the bigger windows. You know, it, it may feel like it's bigger, but not necessarily square foot wide. Anna, did you have another is, question? I, I do, actually. Is, is there, um, if there are two bedrooms, they don't have to have two bathrooms or a bathroom and a half? Uh, we're just finding a lot of, a lot of the places have uh, two bedrooms but only one bathroom, which is kind of odd, <laughs> I'm <laughs> you, finding. You're going to get that a lot, especially downtown. As they're trying to minimize square footage, uh, you, you're going to get 
the two bedrooms with the one bathroom, you might get one and a half bath, but uh, that's not uncommon. And uh, you know, there is no mandate to say every bedroom needs a bathroom, but uh, you know, you could have a common bathroom uh, for the two bedrooms. Okay. And what All about right. in terms of uh, condo fees? Would they be greater in a loft condo or? Sometimes they are because, you know, it goes by not only square footage, but, you know, windows, you know, if there's more window cleaning, things like that. So, uh, you know, do you have a balcony? Do you not have a balcony uh, for maintenance fees? They'll include the balcony in square footage. So, you know, some mm-hmm. people will okay. say, hey, I want a, a little balcony. Some people who want a wraparound balcony. You're paying more maintenance for that. Okay. Anna, any other questions? No, actually, that's that was a lot of information. That's great. Thank you so much. Anna, thanks for calling. Thank you for calling. When we come back, augmented reality and real estate. And just a reminder, if you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com and click on On the Market section. You're listening to 1059 The Region. Stay with us. More with Asif Khan and Remax Prime Properties when we come back. One zero five nine, the region, in partnership with Remax Prime Properties, present on the market real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at four one six three three five one zero five nine. Tweet us at one zero five nine, the region, or email us at info at one zero five nine, the region dot com. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Thank you, Tina. Now from CavTech, we have Alex Campbell and Sanu Somavira. Alex, yeah. and hey Sanu. guys, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So we wanted to get into some of the tools that uh, are out there to help sellers and, and assist the realtor in helping them get full value for their property and your new product. Tell us all about it. Okay, so uh, I myself sell real estate for Remax in Peterborough. And initially, um, the concept came together when I was having trouble with my uh, buyers and at times sellers to when they were struggling to um, basically visualize a change in a house, whether it be a house that they were considering to purchase or a house of their own that before they were going to be listing it. So I had buyers out looking at property and they decided against uh, a home that would have worked really well for them. Um, they couldn't, the, this specific case was, uh, there wasn't enough counter space in the kitchen. So I suggested they put it in an island and they just couldn't visualize it. They just thought it might throw off the, you know, the flow of the room. And so from there, Sanu, who had a tech company in town here, him and I kind of put our minds together and came up with the concept using augmented reality that we could um, overcome objections for buyers and sellers. For example, showing the placement of a, in that example, a, a countertop or an island. And, and AR or augmented reality, that's that's the new thing right now. I mean, everyone keeps saying mobile is where the world is going, but it's not. It's actually going towards AR. Yeah, so a- AR is uh, is very cool. I mean, AR has been there for a long time. Uh, doing doing some research, I mean, we found back in the day it was a computer with a webcam trying to do a small AR cube. But what's really interesting, and I think uh, where AR is really going to be a huge industry is when Apple and Google now will eventually come out with it. So Apple came out with the AR kit, enabling all you know iPhones, iPads 
to be able to run AR applications. And that's the scalability of the model. Before, um, I know when we were dabbling in this and we started was a Microsoft HoloLens, um, but those devices were really expensive. It was tough for us to scale with that business model. Now that our app and our software platform can run on any Apple device, pretty much opens up the entire gateway for us. And that's what's exciting about this industry. It does sound exciting, but can you take us back just one step and explain to us, for someone like me who isn't quite as comfortable or familiar with technology or um, AR, can you explain exactly what does it mean? Am I putting on a pair of you know, glasses so that I'm able to view this home in a different way, or how does this actually work? So how it works is the right now it's exclusive to Remax, so the Remax real estate uh, representatives will be able to download this app on their phone and then use it with their, or their iPad, ideally their iPad, just with it being a larger screen. So um, it does work on both. And so then they can use it with their buyers or sellers. So to give you an example, um, real estate agents out showing a property with a buyer and, you know, they're trying to see a different wall color change. So you can hold up your iPad, we'll use this example, pull up the app and you can change the color of the wall right there in real time. So, um, you know, not everybody might love the burgundy walls of the house she just might be looking at that day. So you could change it right there and then. So we have a color palette that would pop up. You could change it to cream, white, green, whatever your preference is. The same concept applies for the floors. So if it was like a you know, shag rug carpet, that's not everybody's favorite look. <laughs> so you might want to put down some hardwood. Um, and using this app, you're able to see it there um, in real time and you can manipulate it around. Also, we have furniture. So you can stage the room using these 3D holographic images of furniture, which we have um, uploaded on a catalog from Leon's right now. So we have all their inventory there. And um, the buyers can interact with it so they can manipulate the furniture around, move it, kind of stage it, set the room how they would like to see it. So I think the easiest way to, for us to explain this is there's, there's two uh, software platforms. One's augmented reality, which is AR. The other is virtual reality, which is VR. VR is where you put on a pair of glasses and oh, you're not okay. in your reality. You put on a pair of glasses and now you're in another room. AR is where you're still in your reality, but you're able to manipulate your reality. So think of it as you have your iPad and you open up your camera, but the, through your camera, through your, through your iPad, you're able to add, let's say, a 3D model of a chair that's not there uh, physically, but virtually it is. You know, Alex and Senu, as, as a realtor, I mean, the biggest problem we have when we're showing houses, if we want to call it a problem, is people imagining themselves in that space and, and imagining their furniture in that space. This pretty much solves that because you can go into the Leon's catalog and, and pick out a couch which looks exactly like yours, put it into a room. I mean, this is going to be great not only for buyers, but also when you're selling a vacant home or a brand new condo people can actually imagine how much space it's going to take up because as they're walking around with the iPad, they can actually maneuver around furniture, can't they? Yes, exactly. Yeah, you got it. So now, I think as if when we demoed it to you, we showed you the furniture, now you can add flooring uh, or you can change the wall color, which is which is what's really cool, I think, just like you said. And each buyer, I think this is where we're really gearing this software platform to realtors is, uh, is I mean, Alex is a realtor, so this is her mindset that came into it, and now that we're launching beta, we're getting feedback from so many realtors, we're building this for realtors. 
And what are the buyers saying to you? So you've had it out there in the field. What are they saying? Do they do they get it? Is it um, much easier to visualize themselves in this space now? Are there success stories out there? Do you actually get people saying, yeah, I got it. I'm buying this home. I can see how it would fit with my my life, my family, my lifestyle. Yeah, well, we had some, for the last couple months, we've um, hosted a, a few different open houses and we had the realtors using the app. And uh, so the buyers that were coming through, for a lot of them, most of them, not all actually, it was the first time they'd ever used something like this. And uh, especially the millennials, like there's so many millennials buying homes right now. So um, they love this stuff, right? They can interact with it. They're more familiar with it. But it's really great for everybody. And Global News did a great, uh, some great coverage for us. And um, it showed, you know, the feedback from people coming through the open house for the first time. And all of them were saying, you know, it's great because we don't have the skills maybe an interior designer would have to set up the room um, looking even, you know, better or more suitable for them. So with this app, they're able to do that. So the feedback's been positive. And Alex, you're in you're in Peterborough, is that right? I am, yes, at 3 Max Eastern here in Peterborough. So what about here in York Region? Is this, um, do you see this sort of spreading um, across here in the region or in, in the Toronto GTA area? Yeah, definitely. We've got a few brokerages signed up, Remax brokerages across, um, across from, you know, spanning from Ottawa over to uh, Oakville, Brampton area. So Seas Office is one of them and they've been great. It's been well received. So we're running a beta test now. Again, um, as Sydney was saying, we just, we want to be able to tailor this for the realtors so that it's very user-friendly for them. They see the benefit of it. Um, so things from, you know, branding it for each brokerage. Um, also kind of brought some lead generation into mind. That's sort of another whole branch of it. But, um, but yeah, I think it's going to do really well in that area. And also when you have uh, places like in our region, we have a lot of seniors moving out of their houses that they've been in for 30, 40, 50 years, and they haven't been updated. But this allows them or their realtor to demonstrate what the house could look like, the potential of that property. And also it, you know, it prevents the seller from putting in a whole bunch of renovations and, and redoing the property just to sell it. So this is a great tool for sellers as well. Exactly. I think I see touch touch on that point. That's that's exactly what uh, how we're why we're building SAP is. Uh, the, the other reason that came to, uh, into consideration was when a realtor is going to do, let's say, a listing presentation. They if they don't want to tell the seller, hey, you gotta change your wall color, change rip out the carpet, uh, might offend the seller. But this was a great way for them to show, hey, if you did this. This is what the house would look like. And this takes us on to our next, um, uh, you know, set of features coming out next year is uh, artificial intelligence. So um, the idea is changes to a potential home and we'd be able to spit back a value and say, if you do these changes, it would increase your value of house by X amount of dollars. And that's, I think, very interesting for a realtor to show their clients. Absolutely. And sorry to interrupt. Um, what is the learning curve like for the agent? Is it tough to learn how to use this and how to incorporate it into your process? Yeah, well, that, uh, originally when we started, as Sunu mentioned, the Microsoft HoloLens was the only way to experience this. So um, it was more difficult then because we had to explain how to use that hardware. So with the headset that you put on, it's basically a computer within itself, which mm-hmm. is uh, it's a, wonderful, but it was a bit confusing for some of the realtors. So 
now that they can use their iPad or their phones, it's just so much easier. They're so familiar with using those anyways, right? We're all glued yeah. to them. So I mean, just the learning curve, I don't, I don't think there's going to be any learning curve. The, the only reason is it's really simple to use. So use one finger to drag furniture or select a wall color. You can use two fingers to rotate furniture. Same with adding flooring. You use your finger, just place the points where you want the flooring. The other feature that with the flooring that came out is being able to measure the floor space. So let's say you, you want to take your dimensions of a room. It's so easy to do without taking a tape measure like people do. You just tap points through using the device and that'll tell you the exact measurement of the room. Wow. You know, like we learn every day in our industry that change is the only constant, and this is such an exciting new change. And uh, I'm, I'm going to get you to touch on one more thing before we uh, we let you go, but DR, diminishing reality. Now, the ability to take out a wall or the ability to, to remove uh, a window. Tell us a little bit about that in closing. Yeah, so diminishing reality, I think, will be one of the one of the next big things that come out with uh, with this technology, and I'm sure Apple's uh, and Google's both looking into it. But uh, yeah, so the exact the idea is, you know, right now you could, you know, let's say take a picture and take out a wall, right? But then you would you have to be able to stitch in that space to show what it would look like without that wall. But exactly like you said, Asif, is uh, is what's really going to be cool is let's take that wall out. Right, let's take those uh, that island out. Let's see what the space, how the space opens up. I think that's going to also be a part of this future. That's phenomenal and uh, certainly exciting and innovative times in real estate. Thank you both uh, for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Guys, appreciate the call. Thank you. That's our show for this week. Thank you, Asif. We'll catch up again next week. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Khan or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. You can connect with us on Twitter at 1059theregion, or you can call us at 416-335-1059, or email info at 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. This is 1059 The Region.